Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. But, did uh, they have like gold was... earrings? How did you know they were gypsies? Oh, well, <laughs> if I can find a picture, I'll send it to you. Maybe you can put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's pretty uh, interesting. But oh that's not God. common for Myrtle Beach. This was something I'd never seen before, but they were unusual. That's not normally the demographic. <laughs> what? Can, Traveling but... <laughs> bands of gypsies? <laughs> yeah. Not what? But, You're crazy. They're all everywhere around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't think that there was like here, gypsies but... <laughs> since like the Wizard of Oz. They come to relax, enjoy the beach, have fun, and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the AWG Podcast. On today's show, we are going to be stepping outside the water sport world and chatting with Condor World Chief Marketing Officer Alex Husner. A lot of folks in the greater tourism space will say that activities and tours are 10 years behind the vacation rentals in terms of technology, distribution, and price management. Kevin and I thought it would be interesting to understand a little more about the space and what we can learn from it. But before we begin, let's say hello to the co-host with the most, Mr. Kevin O'Neill. Yeah, co-host with the most, man. Man, that's like some uh, Casey Kasem lead-in right there, buddy. <laughs> I actually thought about the lead-in this week. I Not know you that. did, man. You hit it so professional. <laughs> and listen, because before we got on air, we were talking about politically correctness. Greg, this week, it's the Awkward Water Sports People podcast. Because it's not just guys. Yeah, it's a gal. That's true. Alex is a gal. <laughs> 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 I don't want people to be confused. They'll be like, wait a minute. What do you mean? His name is Alex. Alex is the she CMO and was super, super enlightening us. I had you know, a lot of I, fun with this one. I was going to wait until next week to ask you this question, but mm-hmm. what are you going to be for Halloween? Because what? knowing your mind and what you think about, I just, it, it's got to be something good. No, I put it into my kids and then they like... And then they just completely like ruined it for me this year. I, every year, like if, if one of them, I want to do someone's makeup. So I don't usually, I don't get dressed up, but I go all out for theirs. If you go through my Facebook and look at my daughter Ripley last year, she was Chucky and I fucking knocked it out of the park, dude. Like where her hair was like the perfect length, like Chucky's and I just dyed it like bright orange. But I've done, I've done my oldest was Darth Maul. Best one we ever did for was, have you ever seen the movie Alien? Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. All right, remember yeah. the doctor, uh, the, the alien, like, bur- uh, that it's yeah. called, the alien's yeah, called burst. the chest burster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
at this also on my on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page. My wife is Ripley, Sigourney Weaver's character. I am the doctor, and I don't know his name. My wife's a huge fan. Our daughter's name is Ripley, so my wife is a huge Aliens fan. And Ripley, my daughter, not Sigourney Weaver, is the chest burster. I had her in a um a, in a uh, like a baby Bjorn, and she was, and then we had her like she was an infant, like new n- newborn, and she's busting through my chest. Like I have my shirt ripped open, and there's blood all over my shirt and then there's like a little bit of fake blood on her and then you could actually i ordered a chest burster toy and then i fashioned it onto like under her head like i made like tammy sewed like a thing onto it so she's the alien chest burster coming out of my chest and my wife is sigourney weaver yeah, that was that's, that's that, probably the best one but that sounds um, that sounds like you but yeah, I <laughs> mean, a, I love it sounds it. like that you would dress your baby in blood <laughs> and <laughs> man anybody that got it was like oh my god that is so cool like anybody else that didn't like was just like what i don't understand why is your baby like coming through your chest i'm like just get get out of my way give me a bag of candy so this year we're not doing doing much what about you guys you guys got anything cool going on for halloween uh no not really we're just gonna stay stay put probably just hang out with the neighbors but uh, the kids went to walmart and got these hot dog costumes they just they wear them all the time they wear them in the house and so (laughs) (laughs) of course they do and it's it's so funny because they just saw them and they're like we want to be and so my son's like well she has a hot dog i want it so they're they're two hot dogs it is what it is next year i love it but it's it's funny let's (laughs) talk about alex husner so alex husner is the cmo of condo world and we just finished the interview about 30 minutes ago what did you find the most interesting thing about the interview Mm, you know the mlm structure of like the interwoven of like otas like stacked on top of otas like i was like i was blown away by that that that, like i had no idea that that happened in the world of like hospitality so i thought that was uh, besides the gypsies uh spoiler alert uh, <laughs> uh that i thought i thought was like the most illuminating thing but other than that um you guys are just like you guys are like ceos and cmos and i'm just a big big dumb city boy i don't know anything uh, you, guys are, you guys are so smart I, man I you guys are colleges and titles and stuff you get me right in my heart how about we get this interview started all right i'm excited all alex right. husner great let's do it all right, we're here with Alex Husner, Chief Marketing Officer for Condo World. She's joining us all the way from beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to be here with y'all. So Alex, typically we like to have our guests tell us a little bit about themselves, how they got to where they are. Um, I'm in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Condo World is based in uh, North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I've been with the company for 11 years now. Prior to that, had a couple jobs at marketing agencies when I got out of college and one of them, Condo World, was my client. Worked with them for about a year, and then they hired me to come on full time, and have been there ever since. Um, it's been a really great tenure there, and we've done a lot of great things with technology, and really gotten to see vacation rental industry change and you know progress significantly since those early years. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Myrtle Beach is a great market to work in. We've got you know it's one of the top three vacation destinations you know in the United States. A very popular place to come, and just great. Great place to live and work. So life is pretty good up here. Like, did did they actually shoot Eastbound and Down in Myrtle Beach? Like no. Uh, oh, oh no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> found out. That's the, the that's the scene with um. What's his name? You're gonna have, have to help me there. No, I, did, I, yeah, yeah. I did. Bl- yeah, yeah. I've been blanked out. Of, oh man, now <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google because now I just, I just, uh, Kenny, Kenny Powers, he's a retired, right, like, right, 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 right. Yes. And he yeah. like moves and, and to uh, Myrtle too. Beach. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah. Will Ferrell is in that show. I love yeah. Eastbound and Down. 
Yeah. But, now they filmed it during, um, it was supposed to be, there's something about like Black Bike Week, which is a, it's a thing here. Like it's not, it's not a racist thing. There is Black Bike Week here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's the way, no, that's an actual, like, like, so, so it's like African American, like motorcycle group, like yeah, a week. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, normally ends up being Memorial Day. This year it got canceled because of COVID. Um, wait, it's it's every you, Memorial when, Day. When you say Black Bike Week, Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I want to know what that. I because I, I don't. I mean, I I kind of remember, but it's it's an African American biker like group, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm not trying to be racist by saying black no, people. no. That's, that's what they call it. Like, this we're gonna have to edit. We're gonna have to edit this out. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should have to. Because, so, but but I mean, it's like a marketed thing though. Black Bike Week though, right? Right, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's been. It started in Atlantic Beach, actually, which is kind of a strange thing. Atlantic Beach seceded from North Myrtle Beach, um, <laughs> seceded from the Union at one point. So it's like two <laughs> blocks of beach. That is where the rally originally started. And it goes back many years. I mean, I think it started sometime in like the 60s or something. Um, so they've got you know people that have literally been coming since all the way back then. But it's become a pretty big a pretty big event. I mean, we've got people from all over the southeast that come for it. But well, watch, yeah, watch how I watch how I smoothly segue this in case Greg does have to cut because I know Greg's laughs and I feel like he's <laughs> a very nervous laugh back there right now. He's like, uh, I'm gonna be editing this out. All right, so <laughs> all right, so that that's all right. It's fine. This is this this is the formula for a good podcast. But so so tell me this because I I do want to diverge a little bit. So Myrtle Beach. Being that you're the CMO, you know, for a um, thriving rental industry, have you noticed like a segment change as far as like who your core demographics have been? Have you, because I've seen a couple different vacation towns kind of like change the way they marketed, facelifted the town. Like, let's, so for example, like spring break, like I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of, a lot of vacation town pivot away from that the spring break crowd, the $99 special, you know, whatever it, it may be yeah. and try and like yeah. geared themselves more towards family. Has, has Myrtle beach seen that transformation as well? Um, kind of. So, I mean, Myrtle beach has always been a family beach destination. I mean, it started in the early 1900, you know, that's kind of always what it's been known for as families. And I think we've, we've had highs and lows over the years right now. I mean, Myrtle beach is so different than it was even just five, 10 years ago. I mean, development and new attractions and restaurants, and new properties. And I mean, there's just been so much money infused in the destination that it's all leading to a good thing. I think our families are definitely still our core demographic, but I think we're we're able to get a little bit higher demographic clientele now than we were probably back, you know, when I first started Condo World, I'd say. But overall, you know, we, we target families, we target golfers, got a good mix of Canadians that come down here. But there really is, I know everybody says it, but there really is something here for everybody, whether it's a guy's getaway, a girl girlfriend getaway, a couple's getaway there's really so much to do here you know not as much on the art side and you know that the culture side but as far as restaurants and beautiful places to go and things like that it's just it's a good lot I've, oh, I've been to, i've been to myrtle beach as well but i just always i guess being like we got i guess uh north florida we've got a little bit more of a segmented demographic where i think like for years like panama city was like the spring break spot but i guess for and, and Destin was like more like family and i was only there for a few days so i didn't really get to take it all in but I, for some reason i just thought myrtle beach kind of had like a spring break reputation how long it. ago was it that you were here oh i guess 10 
no, not that long ago. Maybe like eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, I think it's a little bit less of a spring break crowd now. I mean, I don't know that it's ever been nearly as big as Panama City beaches for spring break, but you know, I mean, it's it, it really. I guess it, I guess that's just where it has a, something for everybody. And it's, it depends on where you are and what you see. And I, I don't really see a lot of it between I work a lot and I, you know, I'm at home and we go out on the waterway. We're big boaters. So you guys really aren't doing, doing like tag stands and like <laughs> no, shooters not anymore, but, yeah. Cabo San Lucas or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe in Cabo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to be a little, a little more careful. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I have to divert this sometimes. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was just going to say, isn't Myrtle Beach a popular golfing destination? Like it's probably one of the biggest, I'd say, in the South. Or, or oh, yeah. If not, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's we call ourselves the golf capital of the world. At one point, there was 120 golf courses here, and it's just unbelievable. It's down to probably 70 at this point. Um, a lot have gotten sold and redeveloped into real estate, but still, you know, we've got beautiful, beautiful courses here. So that's that's definitely still a big part of our market. Unfortunately, golfers, a lot of gar- golfers have aged out. You know, the groups that have been coming here for decades that, you know, there's 40, 50 guys coming down from Massachusetts, you know, they're, they're older now and they don't want to travel. And with COVID, that makes it a lot worse too. So we're definitely on a, a hunt to get younger golfers both into the industry and get them to come down to Myrtle Beach because it's, it's affordable to come to and there's a lot of direct flights from uh, most of the golf markets that we market to. So yeah. what do you, so what do you do? Walk us through the average season of a popular OTA reseller of vacation properties. Sure. So we're, and I'll just back up a little bit. I'll I'm going to give a high level on what Condo World is because we are a little bit different. Condo World has been in business since 1985. So same same year Greg and I were born. Been a leader in condo rentals, oceanfront, and North Myrtle Beach for many years. We branched out about six years ago and expanded on that business model using the Condo World brand to book reservations like an OTA for other properties. So we first started in Myrtle Beach and brought on nine resorts down in this area, um, which is actually, I live in Myrtle Beach, work in North Myrtle, and brought those on and, and built up a great program doing the marketing, doing, you know, booking reservations for our call center, advertising on our website. We've taken that now to other destinations that we see that same synergy that we think that Condo World brand will resonate, that there's a good amount of condo inventory in that destination, and that our guest history, the customers that know Condo World, would be interested in visiting. So trying to give more options to our guests to visit other destinations because we know people don't always want to go to the same place. You do want to know when you're, if you're going to try a new destination that you're going to go somewhere that's going to be the same quality that you're used to if you've always been coming to Little Beach. So that's, that's worked out really well, but it makes us a little bit different because we do sit on both sides of the fence as a traditional vacation rental management business, but also as a OTA uh, marketing company technology firm. So we've, we've built all of our own software, our own revenue management tools, our website, everything that we, our CRM, everything that we've built has been done in-house. So we've got a lot of different things going on. It's, it keeps it interesting. Alex, you've been doing this, I mean, you've personally been doing this for a long time, but Condo World's been in it for a very long time. Both you and, and your ownership have seen a lot change. And I'm just mm-hmm. kind of curious of like, what, what are the big points of, of change? in the past 30 years when it comes to vacation rentals as far as technology distribution operation those type of things um real i mean really it all just comes down to technology when i first when i first started roy Clyburn, who owns condo world when he hired me i remember saying to him who does your marketing and he said i do i said well just you and so yeah you know he's 85 years old now so even back then he still wasn't you know a young market <laughs> marketing person so, that's awesome um, <laughs> but he did a great job. I mean, he, he did a fabulous job, but he wrote all the copy and, and marketing back 
before the internet was so prevalent was marketing was writing the copy for ads. It was picking out pictures and then you get a designer and they'd make your rental brochure and they'd do your newspaper ads. And that was basically it. You do some advertising with the chamber of commerce and that was basically it. But now, I mean, there's, as you guys know, there's never, there's, there's an endless supply of ways to market, whether you're a tourism activity company or you're a vacation rental company. There's so many different things you can do. I mean, technology has changed us so much, even just year to year. There, it's, it's just unbelievable. I think that the interesting progression really has been in the dynamic pricing, the revenue management and the distribution. And a lot of that, you know, the, the main model was it started with airlines that they started you know, doing dynamic pricing and then that transitioned to hotels and then vacation rentals have just started getting into that within the last probably three to five years max, I'd say. And then I think that's filtering down into activities that eventually, eventually we'll see with you guys too. And maybe it already is. I'm not sure. That's, um, that's definitely a, an interesting profession to have seen. But, and on the distribution side, I mean, Airbnb, VRBO have completely changed things for our model. I mean, most people just assume that this is something new that we do. It's not. Honda World's been around for 35 years. There's many of our competitors that have been around for 60 years. So this, the model of renting people's homes, not new. Really what we are, we are a management and a marketing company that we have the people. I mean, we're really, we're just a team of people. We don't own any of our properties, which puts us in a very good situation, especially in tough times like these where you know, we're not, we don't have a mortgage to worry about per se. Hey, I mean, we've, we've got Al- Alex, can I, uh, can I, can I stop you? Uh, sure. I, just, yeah. I, I want to, I want to back up and ask you a quick question. All right. So you are the first CMO of Condo World. Am I to understand yes. that right then? Okay. Yep. Did, did was did the ownership uh, give you free range? Did was he just like, all right, take us into the 21st century, or was he already there? Yeah, I mean, we we were not there for sure. Um, we okay. Were, even even for back in the you know this was 2009 that I joined the company, or 2000. Yeah, 2009. Um, I mean, we were probably the most progressive in the, you know, within our industry back then, but, you know, there was still a lot that needed to be done. But I mean, we had a website, we had online booking, but it was very minimal at that time. Um, we didn't do any Google ads. Like I, I remember when I was working at the advertising agency and I went in to get Condo World as a client, that was one of the things I sold them on was doing Google ads. Roy saying, you know, that, that's ridiculous. Nobody clicks on those. <laughs> and I said, no, people do. And he said, well, how do you prevent one of our competitors from going on there and just clicking away? And so he's always had a contention with Google ads, you know, fast forward 11 years and, you know, we spend millions of dollars in pay-per-click and it is, you know, we are track it incessantly and it's just an incredible program for us. I mean, it's very expensive, but the returns there, then certainly something we continue to do. Well, something that we see, we, I think we see in our industry a lot. And that's why I just, I'm sorry, Greg. I don't mean to, no worries, I, didn't no, mean go, to go ahead. I know we came at the same time, but <laughs> I just imagine some of like, of your partners and some of the people I know in the industry at 85 years old, like, like still like marking, like they just be like, well, like exactly what you said. And even in 2020, where Google ads are so much more prevalent in 2009, obviously they weren't as expensive, yeah. but they were yeah. definitely segmented from in the search, you know, they were easier to recognize as, as an ad. And even with a, a younger demographic in our industry, I still see the same question pops up when I talk to new operators as I was just talking to somebody yesterday and he was just like, really, you, really, should I use Google ads? And I just want to reach the phone and like smack them around. I'm like, Dude, yeah. like, what are you, 85 years old? It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, this is the lowest hanging fruit of people that they're literally saying they're interested in you, yeah. you know, versus, you know, and there's still some traditional 
marketing things that we do. We do still some print and we still print our 60 plus page brochure, which it's, it's really like a coffee piece table for our core clientele and homeowners. You know, for the most part, it's like you, you, you we can track that so well and we track everything online and, and over the power. It's, it's, it's great. But I will yeah. say though, even though Roy is 85 and, and Greg, obviously you've met Roy many times when you've been up to Myrtle Beach. He's not oh, your I average 85 year old <laughs> business CEO. He really, to be honest, I mean, he knows more about pay-per-click and SEO and digital marketing than most people my age, I would say, if you weren't, you know, in advertising and marketing as a career. Yeah, he's, he's extremely well versed. Extremely, well impre- extremely impressive. Yeah. And I well, love the you, stories of when him you going to Vegas. When you first said 85, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, yeah. I, I immediately thought like, like just like, like a detached, like, you know, like rich business owner, just like sitting oh, no, back. No, no, no. Just like, like, send the nickel down to the paper and put an ad in there. <laughs> Tell him to put a coupon yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he he is literally at the office every day. He comes in at ten and he's there till five. Very much, you know, built the business from scratch and very much wants to see it continue to grow. And I mean, that, honestly, that's the secret to staying young is keeping your mind engaged when you get to that age. Because he's that's what I hope I'm you know, doing. Very different. When I'm, you know, when I'm eighty-five, I, I do hope that that's me. Yeah, that's going to keep me going. You know, and yeah. and Roy, you if you met him, you know, you would not think he was eighty-five. Because no, he's just no. is so sharp. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, yeah. but it's, it's what keeps him sharp is keeping himself uh, involved and he's cool. He's a really cool guy. I bought him a, a bottle of Johnny Walker when I first. That's met right. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you uh, you definitely won him over with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, so I wanted to ask you. So, when somebody wants to rent out their property, if they have a mm-hmm. condo or a house. You know, you guys take that property, you manage it, you do the cleaning and innovations, but you also distribute it to Airbnb and Verbio and all these other places. H- how does that all work? Because I feel like it's somewhat similar to a guy that's renting kayaks and he wants to mm-hmm. get online and he gets with a reservation system and then it distributes. But I'm just curious about how that all works and, you know, the commission structures and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so, I mean, it's similar in, in theory, but it's a little bit different because since we don't own the accommodations, I mean, we make a commission and the homeowner gets the lion's share of, of that money. So we're we're working on compressed margins for sure. Um, so that's something that we have to be really mindful of when we do put our properties on OTAs because, you know, if the, and it, it really varies within the industry depending on where you're located. But I mean, average rental commission as a property manager is anywhere from, I've seen as, uh, some do as low as 0% for the first couple of years, which is crazy, but um, as low as 15% up to like, 30. I think that's probably within most of the companies that I know of in our area here and also down in Northwest Florida area. That becomes challenging if you want to put your properties on booking.com that their commission is 15%. So if you're charging 15%, then you're not making anything on that. You've got to have a strategy in place to inflate the rate to be able to cut or, you know, I mean, use OTAs as a last minute lifeline that sometimes, sometimes it's worth it not to make any commission on a booking. You're still going to get your fees because all we, you know, we make money on the maid service and the processing fee and stuff like that, but it, might be worth it to get the booking for the homeowner. There's a, there's a lot of things. We, it's almost like we've got, we, we manage on our own portfolio, 600 units. So it's like we've got 600 bosses. <laughs> and then with our resort partners that we just book reservations for, that's, you know, adds up to a total of about 15,000 units. We don't have 15,000 bosses, but they're kind of more consolidated between companies. Um, you've got a lot of different people at the table that you have to answer to. There's, it makes it a little bit more complicated. We, we're a very big book direct company. I think that's one thing that we've 
been really strong on and really growing the condo world brand. And that's definitely something I would recommend to any of the attractions companies too. I mean, the more that you can grow your own brand, the less you have to rely on, on the OTAs. The OTAs are good. They bring you new business that you probably wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise, hopefully. But once they become your customer, you want them to become your customer and, and not go back that route. I was just going to say that more than likely, like then you, you, even if your margins are super small, the CLV, you can be, you can like sort yeah. of add that once you put that into your email list yeah. and then you can reach back out to that person, obviously through cheaper, cheaper means. So just wrangling yeah. them away from the OTA. It's like what Greg loves to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a question. I've got a question for you guys. And I've, you know, I've been an avid listener of the, po- listener of the podcast since you guys started, but and I've always been curious about this. Do you, do you get, do water sports companies get a lot of repeat business? So I feel like when you go, even if you go to Destin every year, I feel like people would do different activities when they go, not always do the same thing. It depends, you know, for, for Kevin's sake, boat rentals, my guess is that he's really starting to develop a strong repeat business. But if it yeah. was something like parasailing or one of those off-the-cuff type things, you're not going to see uh, a lot of repeat on there. Like yeah. I know TripShock site-wide, we're seven percent repeat customers. Yeah, mm, well, yeah. Phil, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna have to differ an opinion uh, again. I think it's in the, I think it's in the marketplace, and it depends on what your offerings are too. So if you're a company that has a lot of different offerings, if you knock them out of the box with parasailing, and that's the one thing they did on that trip, but you also have a, you have a sunset cruise or a dolphin, right? Cruise, yeah, you, you, I believe you, you'd be able to, but I don't, I. And I'm not, I don't work for every, every company out there, but I can tell you that a lot of the larger companies when I lived in Key West and they're starting to get into this now, but they weren't doing any kind of like direct, direct response marketing. They weren't hitting them back with an email. Well, you know, hitting them like, I mean, nonstop. You could be a content machine if you're in Key West or you're in North Florida and they went parasailing with you and you're reminding them about the, our beautiful waters and all the things there are to do out on the water of which you offer, you know, at least five or six. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can definitely build and should be building a brand in water sports, especially if you have, you know, different offerings and you have right. a, a diverse waterscape of people that get out there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it might be a little different with trip shock than it is with, uh, with ours just because we're, we're, I don't know. I don't own an LTA, so I might be speaking out of, out of place here, but we can really dial in our marketing or remarketing like back to the customer just because they came and saw us and rented a boat. So if I want to hit them back for like a, a sunset cruise or remind them how great Dustin is or whatever content piece I'm going to, email to them to get them when they come back if they're considering a boat rental or kayak or jet ski then they're going to yeah. come back i don't know how i'm sure greg has like some stratospheric segmentation process he goes through i i don't know what goes on in the, in the well in that, that i think mind. that with an ota our job is to develop new relationships for our partners because i mean if, if i'm booking through an ota most of the product is commoditized and back to right. our, our first episode, you know, Kevin, and when people book and then they know who the person is and they experience it and they have a great, great time, it's very likely they're going to look for that person next time. Working in hotels before I started trip shop was in hotels. Um, I've noticed how people would book through, you know, book dot com and, and Expedia and all these other OTAs. Then next year they would be booking direct with us. Uh, so yeah, that, that and channel. How, and that's we, how it should work. That's yeah. And we were like. Today. We're like 80, 90% new customers all mm-hmm. the time, you know? Yeah. And it's, and I yeah. believe that's not going to change. Like right. OTAs always are going to be heavily gaining new customers all the time. I love to have more repeat customers, but 
it, the fact that, you know, we are very much commoditized and we are focusing on a lot, you know, new customers, people on Google looking for broader range searches like things to do or, or, you know, boat tours. We're focusing on the, the newer ones. If, if we were going after the brand names real heavily, then, you know, that would be a different story, but we really don't. So that's yeah. just kind of how it plays out. I think that that's honestly, that's the sweet spot of the, the best way to be. I mean, the, the sweet spot really is you have different offerings so that whether you're a trip shock or if you're a water sports company that you've got multiple different things that people can do. If they, like Kevin, like you said, if they really had a great experience on that first time, they want to try something different, they're going to still come back to you. So if you only offer one type of tour, no, they probably, they won't. They're going to go back to trip shock to find something else. So it's like, and I'm saying this because I can speak on both sides of it, that on the one, on one hand, that's how it's good for Condo World, that if they stay at one of our units and they don't like it, they can come back to us and we we book the widest majority of inventory in the Myrtle Beach area so they can find something very easily at another property but still know it's a good property and that they're going to have good customer service. Whereas if it's just one property and they went there and they didn't like it, they're not going to go back there and ask them where else to go. I mean, they're, they're, the company's cut out of the mix completely. So I think being able to have different offerings, even though you might not have tons of offerings like a true OTA like Condo World or a Trip Shop would have, but at least gives you more foot in the game to get that customer back in. And the other point that I want to mention too, and, and as accommodations marketers, sometimes I think we forget about this, people are coming to the destination for the experience of being in the destination and what they're going to do, what attractions they're going to go to, what activities they're going to do, where they're going to eat, stuff like that. They're, the, the accommodations need to be nice, but the accommodations aren't the entire part of their trip. So you know, people, you know, the more content that these attractions can put out and remind them how great Destin is, like you said, Kevin, you know, that's, that's really important. And that's kind of the synergy between vacation rentals or hotels and resorts and the attractions really working together. Alex, I wanted, so you get, we're going back and forth. We're talking about OTAs and we're talking about Google and, you know, both of these two acquisition channels are extremely expensive. So what's next? What's around the corner? I mean, where do you where do you put your money when you're not when you're not putting it into Google or SEO? To be honest, we don't actually we don't really invest a whole lot of money in the OTAs because we do. I mean, we, it's a small part of the business. It's less than ten percent. You know, we also we've got ways that we can modify the rates that cover our commission that we pay. So that, that's not really an expense. We don't really look at that as a marketing expense for us. I mean, what the the major expenses that we continue to invest in is just the technologies. We're in the process of rebuilding our website right now, which has been something we've needed to do probably for the last start, probably started two years ago, but it's been delayed for a few different reasons. Um, it's going to be a major, a major, major project because we've got so many different APIs now that it's not just our properties that, you know, and these APIs have existed for the past six years but now we're trying to better streamline that into one one feed that that feeds our website along with a network of other websites and partnerships that we have to really create our own distribution strategy and our own distribution channel that pushes our units out pushes our partners unit units out and really gives all of us uh, the ability to not rely on the OTAs but at the same time, we're still doing good with Google, so that's that's the main expense. <laughs> well, no, that's right, but that's what I that's what I manage. Like, so who's next in line? I mean, do you guys do social, paid social at all? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we do a lot of Facebook. I mean, Facebook has definitely come on very strong for us. Facebook ads, and I, you know, I think 
at the end of the day, there's there's so many opportunities that we can do and guilty of, I always feel like we're not doing enough or that we could do things better and I get stressed out about it, but we could definitely do some things with Facebook better, you know, on the organic side and being, you know, just, there, there's just strategies that we could do better, but and that's definitely a goal for 2021, but we still do well with it. On the ad side, it's great. I mean, for the retargeting and everything else, you know, we're able to get people that are way more segmented, even though they might, some of it's the lookalike audiences, some of it's the remarketing, but there are people that are most likely interested or were did show interest in what we have a little bit better than just regular magazine ads and newspaper ads like we used to do back in the day do you do you see that there's like possibly a space between as far as like say even maybe you know the old school concierge partnerships that you know vacation rentals used to have with uh tour and activities providers and this just I mean, this just came to me. I was just thinking about this as you were speaking about social and content because like, I think this is all of our fight, especially when you're just like, ah, just throw a Google ad out there and the, you know, the floodgates open and everybody books your shit and everything's good and you're happy. And then it's like, well, you know, like Facebook is more of like, and uh, even Instagram is more of like a grind. You know, you have to get right yeah, to get the right sure. uh, video, the right picture. Yeah, the right it time is. It's you're way gonna more put time intensive. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So have you ever thought yeah. about possibly working with some of the let's say uh you and you and and trip shock or you and five other like uh, a content piece that's you know that's like maybe like a come to almost like a cvb style like come to you know myrtle beach do these things with these people as far as like yeah, a video concerned, yeah. like parasailing golf uh you know, what have you, like putting together like a, a whole content package and sort of working with operators. And if not, like, how do you guys work with operators in your area? I think that would be really cool to do, you know, I mean, you'd have to kind of plan this out, but if you wanted to do, if you, you picked, you know, five attractions, like you said, and you have everybody have like a day that they're featured on your channel and something different. And, and you know, we do, we do things like that already, but I wouldn't do it as, it's me there talking to them about the attraction. I'd have them talk about it, like have them do the selfie video telling oh our, tell, telling no. Condo World We're people. Ugly. We're <laughs> well, not good looking group. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we don't discriminate. <laughs> we might want to interview the people first, but <laughs> some sure guy with it. like a beard um, or something like, ah, come parasailing. Oh God, yeah. not with you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. They might need to rethink this, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, people like, you know, guests like they want to see authentic things. I think there could be a, there, there could be some something there that you either do a partnership where it is a kind of more of a co-op type thing. I mean, we're the, the tough thing for vacation rentals and any of the resorts around here. I mean, we get people knocking on our door all the time that they want to put their menu or their coupon or whatever in our check-in envelope which is a great place to be. I mean, the guests have to open that to get their keys. You know, we can't put everything in there because then they're not going to get the important stuff that has our policies or any information that they need to get. So we're very limited in who we let into that check-in packet. You know, there's there's different opportunities that we would do with controls and TV guides and stuff in the condos. But you know, those those things are harder to get because, you know, most of the established players, they've got partnerships already that they do those things with. I would say for uh, any of the attractions that want to start something, go go to the newer players in town. Go to some of the smaller vacation rental businesses. And I know down in Northwest Florida, there are tons of them. I mean, there are tons and tons of companies. And just see if they'd be interested in, you know, putting together some sort of a package where if they, you know, say the tour is a hundred dollars and if they're going to include it, for example, maybe you guys sell it to them for 80 or something like that. 
some in it or just a discount even if the guest pays for it. But there there could be ways that you you know can go out there and try and work together on that for sure. Yeah, from my experience, most of the smaller vacation rental managers are very eager to work with directly mm-hmm. with the activities because yeah. they they have the time to yep. to handle you know those relationships put together those packages but once you get start getting to you know the ones that have two three four hundred properties it's it's not worth the time and the return on investment to you know be getting those rack cards and putting them in the check-in packets everything's digital now anyways it's said uh, you know the the key locks systems and all that virtual key lock systems so yeah. you know they're they're looking for ways to you know, either just make it easy, like, hey, go to, go to like something like TripShock. We have a handful of partnerships or they're just, you know, creating like, like a list of here's like, here's all the sites, the places that we recommend and go here and go to or, or and, Yeah. So. And we're forgetting the, 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 uh, the elephant in the room, Airbnb experiences. Which they're they, really, I don't know what the current status is on that, but I know that was like a big part of the pandemic that they were planning on being like going all in on that. And then when the pandemic hit, they've kind of pulled back. So I I don't expect to see huge things from that in the, in the near term, at least. Just knowing how many layoffs and stuff they did too. Alex, do you see a lot of bookings from Airbnb? So Airbnb is a little bit complicated for us here. We, we currently aren't on it. We want to be back on because I think it's, the more places that you have a presence on, the better. When we were on it, we, it really was not the best bookings that we were getting. It was mostly a lot of the inquiries, at least, were guests that were not 25, and you have to be 25 to stay in most of our accommodations. So it was a younger demographic. And the bookings we got, we normally had problems with the guests, which in a lot of cases, that happens with OTA guests. And I hope that our, I don't, and I really strongly believe our partners don't say that about Honda World. Yes, because I think ours are a little bit different because we're not just an online website that nobody can call and talk to. We are a local brand of people that you know these guests have, have known in the destination for a long time. But you know, we we haven't really had a home run with Airbnb yet. I think they are definitely pivoting more to favor individual hosts than professionally managed companies, and that really comes from what happened in the pandemic. I mean, it's that's the thing that drives me crazy about any of these sites is that if I tell somebody what I do, they say, oh, you're like Airbnb. But no, Airbnb is like us. Like that, you know, we've, we've been around for many years. I mean, they are just, they are just a marketplace. They are just a website. They don't service the guests. They don't clean the unit. They don't do any of this stuff. I mean, they literally are just a website. We, we kind of sit in the middle that we service the guests. We see all of that side for our managed inventory. For the ones that are checking in at our partner resorts, yeah, we are more just like a, a marketplace. But our understanding of how the whole ecosystem works makes it a different experience, I think, for the guests and, and how they, they work with us. It it's sounds lot, like you feel about better. Airbnb than we feel that I feel about TripAdvisor. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot better being compared to Airbnb than it is to be compared to Groupon. Like, I can't tell you how many times people introduce me, like, yeah, he has a business that's just like Groupon. I'm like, come oh, on. Oh, God. Like, no. Yeah. Let's not even go there. No. So you said something that was interesting, which I, we left it off the table, like, hey, we don't want the cat out of the bag on this super professional podcast that we have. Well, me and Greg and Alex did a little pre-production on this thing. So we've actually spoke, believe it or not, before this. And one thing that got that was I said, let's not even talk about it because I want to know. And you kind of opened the door to it a little bit because you you're like, oh, the OTAs. And it, it rang a bell because we've had some OTA customers, too, that were problematic. So I want to know best, worst story that you've heard from one of your operators that like where there was like Motley Crue stayed there or something like that. Oh, boy. I mean, it- 
And I, I was thinking about that. You guys asked me, asked if I could tell some stories and I hear stories, but the interesting thing is, you know, being in the marketing department, I really don't deal with guests a lot. If it escalates to me, it's something that either a website has done and there's some really crazy situation. But for the most part, I don't really deal with guests a whole lot. I do get to hear some interesting stories and this summer and tell a short story. And then the, the main one I've got that's kind of funny. But this summer, there was these gypsies that were traveling to a lot of our resorts in Riverway Beach. Yes! <laughs> and <laughs> and one, of, one of our partners at Sandy Beach Resort, he sent me a picture of them. And, you know, they're checking in. Um, and it was it was bad. I mean, they were, I don't really know a lot about gypsies, but I mean, they were not friendly ones. They were spitting on people in the check-in line and, and swearing and cursing and wear, wear, wearing like princess gowns and stuff. Like it was really very bizarre. And then oh like probably a day, a day later, another one of our partners was like, you're never going to believe this and send, send me a picture. And I'm like, it's the same people. Like they must have gotten kicked out of the first resort. But, did uh, they have like gold earrings? How did you know they were gypsies? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> if I can find a picture, I'll send it to you. Maybe you can put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's really uh, interesting. But oh that's not God. common for Myrtle Beach. This was something I've never seen before, but they were a usual. That's not normally the demographic. <laughs> what? Like, Traveling yeah, but... <laughs> bands of gypsies? <laughs> not, what? But, You're crazy. They're all everywhere around here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't like think no that there was like here, gypsies but... <laughs> since like the Wizard of Oz. People do weird things, I guess. <laughs> it it yeah. takes to become gypsies or join gypsies. Oh yeah. man. That's not even the main one. That's that's, that's no, the tip of no. the spear. Oh that's, my god. That's, yeah, that's so All right. this other one that I have. Th- this is more just like traditional like things that can go wrong in vacation rental operations when you don't have your stuff together. But basically we we got this unit and it's 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 common that homeowners will change rental companies. From ours we don't lose them a lot. If we lose a homeowner, it's mostly for real estate sales, but we lose some from time to time, but not a whole lot. This was one of the first years I started and we had just gotten this new rental from another company, penthouse unit that slept twenty people. It was like a seven bedroom huge you know we had just gotten it and the rental company that lost the unit what they're supposed to do and if you lose a, a unit especially midsummer you've got to you need to move those the bookings that you had on the books to other units so that's what you're supposed to do but this company wasn't really keeping up with things very well so we get the unit and we've been told everything's been moved off the books and so we book it for this upcoming week our guests show up on saturday at condo world and they get the keys and there's all 20 of them there i mean it was like a huge family they go up to the condo, they unpack, and they all go down to the beach. Meanwhile, this family shows up that had booked a reservation at that unit, shows up at, at the other rental company, and other rental company, the person at the front desk, they still had keys to the unit, didn't think anything of it, didn't realize that it was odd that this reservation hadn't been moved, gave the people the keys to the unit. So they go to the unit. <laughs> so you've got two families in the unit. They get up there, and they they say, okay, like they see people's stuff, and it's, you know, that's that's all. Uncle Bob, Aunt Sally, they're probably down on the beach. So they all go down to the beach. You've got both families sitting down there on the beach, not knowing what's going on. And as you can see where this story's going, oh, like an wow. hour later, they all end up in the same condo. <laughs> they're all like, who are you? And everybody's screaming and crying. And it was just a disaster. But so 
Oh <laughs> my they call, God. Our, our, our guests call us and then they're just, you know, mortified. And the poor other guests, I mean, they had no idea that the unit had, wasn't on the rental program. And so now it was ended up being a good thing for us. They became our guests. We gave them great hospitality and found them uh, comparable accommodations and got them settled. But I mean, it ended up that all the guests were kind of laughing and, and joking about it. But <laughs> it was definitely oh, unusual, man. awkward condo situation. <laughs> all right. Well, Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show. This was yeah, a great conversation. Yeah, yeah we learned, I, I learned Talk a heck forever. of a lot. That was me that was too, awesome. man. The gypsies were definitely <laughs> the gypsies. We're, we're sending them down part. to Northwest Florida next summer. So watch out. Them, <laughs> hey, listen, you tell them go straight over to tripshock.com and do all their booking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. all their booking needs. Yep, you can bring Greg's your got them covered right on the boat. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Don't spit on people. That's Alex, right. Can you can you tell our listeners real quick how they can connect with you if they have any comments or feedback? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't even think that the easiest way to do that is um, my email, alex, A-L-E-X, at condo-world.com. Um, our website's condo-world.com or on LinkedIn. Um, alex, my last name is Husner, H-U-S-N-E-R. But yeah, we'd, we'd love to connect with anybody and, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to be on the call with you guys and love listening to the podcast. So keep up the great work. It's been fun. Thanks, right. Alex. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators to continue the conversation. See you next time.